This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Albion Analysis with me, Chris Hall, and him, Pete George. Something a little bit different today because uh, it's an international break. No Albion game for for a couple of weeks. I, I know uh, you're, you're all obviously climbing the walls without any any Albion to watch and uh, and discuss. Um, and Pete and I were just having a bit of a chat about you know what 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 do we want to talk about and. Actually, interestingly, just came from a bit of a WhatsApp exchange uh, that we were having during one of one of the games where we were we were talking about what player we would take from uh, the, the side was actually Blackburn whilst we were watching, and um, and we were both on different pages on that particular one. So I thought it'd be interesting if we were given carte blanche if Pete and I could uh, could take a player from each championship side to the Albion, money no object, uh, the player not wanting to go, not being an object, um, who would we take from each of the other 23 championship sides to reinforce the baggy side? So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to rattle through, in alphabetical order, each championship team, and we're going to say the player that that we would take from each of them obviously look this this is um just a bit of fun we're very well aware of the fact that albion at this moment in time don't have money to buy anyone and until we're taken over that's not very likely to change so this is not a shopping list by any stretch of anybody's imagination it's just we we uh, i mean part of this was being uh, being interested to see if we both rated the same players at other championship clubs it's also interesting to see if we both think albion need similar things to improve their squad so we will not only be saying that we would take players because we like the players but also saying where we see them fitting into 
the West Bromwich Albion setup. Um, Pete, I, I, I know I spent a little bit of time coming up with my list and we've got them sat in front of us. Neither of us have looked at each other's list so as to keep the mystery into into this. How how arduous did you find this, um, uh, putting, uh, putting your list of 23, your wish list of 23 players that you would pluck from other championship clubs together? Yeah, it's quite difficult because, I mean, some teams like Leicester and Leeds, you've got loads of options to choose from. Um, coming down from the Premier League, but then at the other end of the table, it can be quite difficult choosing um, players that are actually going to impact the the first team. I think. Well, I will. I'll happily say, Pete. I'll happily say, and I'm not going to say the club yet. Well, we'll say it when we get into it. There is one player that I have picked purely because I had to pick a player from that club. Um, uh, if if the if the option had been there of you can take no one from this club, I would have taken no one from this club. Yeah, I think there was at least one of them for me, maybe two at a push as well. So I think it was the ones in the middle of the table that are a bit easier to choose. Um, the ones that have maybe got a bit of a standout player. But yeah, done a bit of research and I think I'm happy with my list. Well, in that case, let's get straight into it. And we will we will go through these, as I say, the clubs in alphabetical order. Um, we have allowed us to pick loanies in here uh, as uh, as well so um some of the players that w- we will pick might not necessarily be owned in the strictest sense of the word by by the club that uh, that um that we pick uh, uh, that, that we that we pick them from and that is the case for me Pete as uh, as I pick my Birmingham City player because it is a loney it's a loney from Fulham and it's a center forward Jay Stansfield um I just think he's a really good player. He's got five goals from 10.590. So he's basically a goal every other game, but he's also scored his five goals off 2.6 XG. So he's obviously really, really um, clinical in his finishing. And I just think that's exactly something that we need. I think without DK in there, we haven't really got a, a finisher who is who is really, really clinical. I think Brandon has his qualities. I think obviously Maja has his qualities, although we're yet to fully see what Maja can do. But with when DK isn't available to us, we don't have anybody who is that absolute finisher. So, I've gone from uh, for Stansfield um, from from Blues. He's he's also the in the 90th percentile for um, progressive carries, successful progress, progressive carries. So he uh, and successful take ons as well. So he 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 does do more than just um than just be a sniffer in there put, being a clinical finisher putting the ball in the back of the net he can beat people as well and i think he's a good young player and i tell you what i think if um if we had him on our books on a permanent basis i think he'd get 2 years into his contract and he would be worth a heck of a lot more than he would be right now because i think he's a i think he's a player who's going to going to develop just if if anybody's objecting to me picking a picking a, a loney probably if i wasn't going to go with him I probably would have gone with Dion Sanderson, although <laughs> obviously that does that does raise the challenge of picking an ex Wolves player who's then gone on to play for Birmingham City. But nonetheless, I've got to be honest that that sort of thing has never particularly interested me. It's never concerned me, particularly when I don't think it bothers players anywhere near as much these days as it as as it probably did many many years ago because players move clubs far more frequently than they than they used to so um but yep yeah, jay stansfield is my pick from birmingham city yeah i was close to picking him um i think he was probably second on my list but i went with the uh japanese attacking midfielder koji miyoshi 
Man knows how to go down for a penalty, that's for sure. Yeah, he does, and might not be uh, too well um, received because of that, but he's a really good attacking midfielder. Um, He he creates chances um, and scores goals as well. He's got three goals and three assists so far this season, and he doesn't see too much of the ball at Birmingham, so you'd hope that would only improve if he was in a side that that gave him the ball a bit more. Um, I spotted him when he was playing in Belgium and kind of hoped that we'd been we're going from in the summer um, but we didn't and he seems to have settled into the championship really well because he can play as a tenor out wide then I think it'd probably suit the if we played as a 3-4-3 and kind of the, the role that John Swift was playing um, it's a competition there um, he's a really good dri- dribbler um, really good with the ball at his feet the only issue is um, maybe his defensive contrib- contribution so I don't know how good he'd be at you know playing a team that wants to press high and you know under Corbran not really got any room for any passengers when we're looking to, to press high and intensely. Well moving on to Blackburn Rovers Pete and I, I think this this player is probably one of the ones that I, I admire the most on this entire list and I think if I don't think it would be completely out of the realms if we actually did get a new owner that that, that we could possibly even pry this player away from Blackburn Rovers and I think he's exactly the sort that that we need I think he's the sort that opposition fans dislike but when he plays for you you absolutely love him I always I always remember hating Paul Pesky Solido until the day he signed for West Bromwich Albion then absolutely loving him and he was always that he was always that player because he was this little bundle of energy who never let anybody rest for for a moment celebrated goals like uh, you know like, like like it was the last goal he would he would ever score and i feel like this player's like this and it's Sammy Smodix Big, big fan of his. Obviously, 10 goals so far this season, top scorer in, in the league, two assists to go along with it. He's all action, all energy. He's also got the, uh, the one of the most touches in the attacking penalty area as well. We, and I just think he's something that we've not really got because... He, you could, yeah, you could play him in that ten, but he wouldn't be the kind of creative force that um, that, that Swift was. I think in, against the lesser teams, you'd you'd potentially play him in the eight, Pete, and have him have him coming from uh, coming from deeper and uh, and and just he'd be a nightmare. You know, if you got if you got Jed Wallace pulling balls back into the into the penalty area, Grady Diangana doing tricks and pulling balls back, John Swift threading balls through. I think those runs from deep from Sammy Smodix would be just an absolute nightmare for for defenders to deal with and let's be fair he finishes as well 10 goals tells its own story I know I know he does uh does take some penalties and and there's penalties in there but nonetheless I just think he's I think he's a great player and I also think it's important to have we've had many years of players who 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 the fans haven't really been able to connect with I think when you're looking for signings, you want players that the fans can connect with. I think they connect with people like Brandon Thomas Asante. I think they've connected with Jed Wallace to to a certain degree. And I think Sammy Smodix is exactly the sort of player that the fans would just fall in love with, to be honest, Pete. Yeah, I really like him as well. And I think it was between two for from Blackburn for me, him being one of them and the other one being Tyree Stolen, who I've gone with. And he's just yeah, very dy- dynamic winger. Um He's got a lot of pace. He's very direct, and I thought he caused a lot of trouble in the opening game of the season. Um, I thought he was probably Blackburn's best player on the day, um, and he's still young. He's only twenty-one, so plenty of time to to develop still. Um, and yeah, just really creative, 
there's not a lot that he can't do with the ball. Um, and yeah, it's only going to improve in the future. So um, I think to have him out wide and and being direct and coming inside and um, creating chances for, for the, his teammates um, and as well as getting a chance himself, I just think he'd be really useful to have that pace on the wing and, um, you know, he can play up front as well. So it's something that we're missing, I think, having really raw pace and really direct Tom Fellows kind of offers it when he comes on, but um, he's probably not as experienced or as developed as Tyree Sterling is. So I think he'd be a, a really good um, player to have in the squad. I noticed that they've developed him into a little bit of a nine, Pete, which re- which really surprises me because he's so small, and and yet he seems to he seems to just have this unbelievable physicality. I don't know whether it's the the low center of gravity or what or, or what it is, but where he just doesn't get knocked off the ball, and he's he's a great choice because he he would definitely have been been second on my list. It, it, Smodix was always going to beat out everybody. In fact, Smodix was the player that started this very conversation and this idea, but Dolan would have been. Uh, Dolan would have been very much second to that. Um, Bristol City, Pete, I've gone with uh, who I think is possibly one of the best young talents in the entire division, and that's Sam Bell. Um, 21 years old. I I think he's he. You know, Bristol City have have sold some uh, some players for some big money over the over the last few years. Semenyo, Semenyo, obviously, Alex Scott have both gone for for big transfer fees. This guy's the next one off the. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a conveyor belt at the moment for at Bristol City. I thought he was brilliant when we went to their place in that first half, comfortably the best player on the park, and he he can play in a variety of positions. He can play um, as a as a left winger. He can play a little bit deeper as a as a left mid. He can play as a central central striker as well, or slightly withdrawn. And that's you know that's shown in what he in what he does as well. Um, again, loads of touches in the attacking penalty area gets, uh, but does the defensive side of the game as well. Gets in blocks, wins uh, wins aerials. Honest, honestly, Pete, I just look at what he's doing at twenty one, and and I just think what a player he is going to become. And whilst he he definitely could find a place in the Albion side. I mean, he'd obviously have to have to rotate with 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 somebody like Grady or potentially rotate with Brandon through through the middle. I think there's a, there's a few on this list where I don't even care that much where they'd fit into the Albion team. I think you've just got to take them because I just look at Sam Bell and I think you you're you're twenty million pounds guaranteed at some point in the in the near future and. You know why wouldn't you take a twenty million pound asset? So that's where I'm at with Bristol City. Yeah, you're kind of making me doubt my my decision after after that. But I went with someone who I think would probably improve the squad maybe a bit quicker. I think obviously Sam Bell's yeah very talented and, and can definitely start the championship. But you're also kind of picking him on his potential. Um, but I've gone for Joe Williams, who I don't think he's had the best season so far this year, but. Last season and previous seasons, I think he's been excellent. Um, very talented central midfielder, but nowhere near as young as as Bell is. So I think he'd probably come in and um, it'd be competition for people like Moat and Chalaber. Um, you know, he always ranks as one of the best in the division for progressive passing, both actu- uh, both in volume and accuracy. And yeah, last season he was just kind of very well rounded in and basically all all metrics he was ranking towards the top. The only issue with him is that he um, seems to quite often pick up injuries, so obviously the the gamble that you take. But if he can stay injury free, then um, I think he's a really good player. 
The next one, Cardiff City, Pete, and I'm I'm going to hedge my bets here slightly and say I think we've probably picked the same player because you influenced my choice on this one because uh, I, I remember us recording on a Sunday afternoon and I think it was when Cardiff were playing at Leeds United and this player scored um, just as we were about to hit record and I sort of I turned my camera so you could see the screen and and you saw who'd scored and uh, and you said to, uh, and and you said to me oh, I wish we'd signed him so I've got a funny feeling you'll have picked the same player and uh, and um I've picked Ike Ugbo. Am I right in thinking we've picked the same player? Yes. Yeah. I've got Ugbo as well. Well tell you what, given that given that you basically influenced me picking this guy because you were the one who highlighted him to me when uh, when he when he scored in the early weeks of the season, I will give you the reins to say why why you've picked him because I know why I've picked him but part uh, part of the reason that he's on my radar is because you highlighted him to me in the early weeks of the season. Yeah, um I just really liked him for for a while. Um I think he would have really suited us when Ishmael was in charge um, before we brought in Hugo and you know maybe that would have been a better decision in hindsight if we could have even done it um, but he's just a very good goal scorer um, he just kind of sniffs out big chances and scores tap-ins and because of that he scores a lot of goals um, so he's got really good movement and so far this season he's been averaging 0.42 xG per 90 for Cardiff so you'd hope that in a bit of a stronger side he might even increase that and yeah, as well as scoring a lot of goals, he's a decent target in the air and with his back to goal as well. So I think it would suit the way that we play quite often, just direct into the striker. And of course, his, he does the defensive work as well, so it wouldn't be a passenger for, for a team that likes to press. Yeah, I was I was gonna say, I was gonna say, Pete, when when I actually looked at his data, it's really interesting to see that. Um, yeah, he's he's a big threat in the uh, in the opposition penalty area, but actually defending set pieces as well, he's he's very very good. There's not a lot I can add to that. I just I just really like him. He's a six foot one physical type striker who's but but he's got he's got a bit of mobility about him as well um he's you know he's got three three goals from 8.390s so far this season which is not to be sniffed at and um also we 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 we'd have we could potentially have a USA Canada strike force which uh, which I think would be worth seeing as well so um a lot of things to like there moving on to Coventry City and I, again, I wouldn't be massively shocked if we were if we were on the same page here. I, I've picked a player based on what he was before his massive, massive injury. Um, he came back from from his injury. Uh, I think actually the game before us, but came on against us and didn't quite look completely at it. But then I would expect that. Um, obviously, I'm talking about Callum O'Hare, and I mean his stats, Pete, before before he got injured in 22-23 were absolutely incredible I mean he's just all action all energy midfield and a bit like what I was saying about Smodix I just think he'd slot into that midfield and just give us something completely different I would love to see O'Hare because we've talked we talked about on the last pod about the problem with rotating Moat that you lose that dynamism out of your midfield I mean imagine being able to play rotate Yukoslu with Chalibur and O'Hare with Mowat. I mean, that would scare the heck out of opposition defences, wouldn't it? And before he got injured in 2022-23, he had 0.8 goal-creating actions per 90. 
I mean, that's absolutely unbelievable. He was almost contributing a goal-creating action per 90. I, I just think I just think he would be, you know, obviously there's no way we're going to be able to afford him now or in the in the in the near future. But I think if we had those four in midfield, like I say, Chalaber and Yukoslu rotated for the defensive spot, and Moat and um, uh, and O'Hare rotated for the more offensive slot. The, the almost those two as the six and those two as the eight. I think we'd be absolutely terrifying. Yeah, and it's hard not to pick. Kaimo head to be fair. Um, when he's fit, he's yeah, just been one of the best attacking midfielders in the division. But there was three that I was kind of like on the look off of Coventry: O'Hare, Ben Chief, and Hadji Wright. And in the end, I picked Hadji Wright because I think he might be getting a little bit underrated at the minute because he's he's missing a fair few big chances. <laughs> I was going to say because he doesn't kick it in the goal. <laughs> is that is that why he's being underrated? Yeah, basically. But <laughs> you know, he, he's regularly getting big chances. Um, I think he's got one of the highest expected goals, if not the highest of strikers and probably anyone in the division per 90. Um, so, you know, he's getting chances and he's also creating chances at a decent rate for a striker as well. So I think when he does start to put the ball in the back of the net, which, you know, it will happen, um, he'll score a lot of goals in the division. And yeah, it might just be settling into a new team for Coventry. But I think when he, do- when he does get settled in, then I think he'll take off and he'll be one of the league's top scorers, um, if not this season, the next season. Uh, absolutely. Well, we, so we're getting a nice, uh, I mean, we're getting a nice North American feel to this, Pete. We've we've picked a Canadian striker. We've picked an American striker. We'll have to see what we get next. Well, I've got a Welshman next. Um, so, um, yeah, that not, I'm, I'm not sure how well she is, but he plays, he plays for Wales anyway. Um, as we move on to Huddersfield Town, and I don't think it's going to be a massive shock that I've picked Sorba Thomas. And I th- uh, I'm sure there's enough people here who uh, listening who can work out the reasons why. It's Carlos Corbran is the simple reason. Because in tw- uh, it- Sorba Thomas has had a difficult couple of seasons. There's absolutely no getting away from that. But in 21-22, just Corbran just got the best out of him. His dead ball delivery was absolutely ridiculous. He uh, he created 56 shots from dead balls. Um, and... He uh, he created eight goals from dead balls as well. He had 0.5 goal creating actions per 90. So basically he was creating a goal every other game or every other com- completed 90 that he was that he was playing. And I I just whilst he's had a couple of seasons off it, I, I would just back Corbrand to sprinkle that fairy dust once again and 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 get the best best out of him. And to be honest, at the moment, do I think we're making the most of our set pieces? No, maybe maybe not, to be honest with you. Uh, I think Moet's delivery has definitely helped. Um it, it's helped quite a lot, but I, I think I think there's there's definitely more to come from us in in those kind of areas. Sorba Thomas is also a player with a bit of versatility, can really play anywhere across that across that forward line. So I, I, I think I think there's I, I think he would help us in areas where where potentially we're we're not all that strong and and as i say i i think sometimes you just get this brilliant link up between 
a manager and a player, you know, Harry Redknapp gets joked about a lot with with some of the players he 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 got the best out of, whether it was you know Crankyar or uh, Di Canio or or Peter Crouch, and I think just some some managers are just a good fit for some players, and I I do think that may well be the case with uh, with with Sorba Thomas and Carlos Corbran. Again, it was probably my second choice. Um, I thought there wasn't too much choice from Huddersfield, um, but set pieces were kind of the reason that I didn't choose sort of Thomas because obviously he had a brilliant season under Corbran but a lot of it was based on his set piece delivery and whether it's that much better than the delivery we've already got yeah I don't know if it's it's a big enough difference to, to choose him um, so in the end I went for Jack Rudoni who I think is a decent midfielder a, a nice age um, he's pretty creative um, and I thought he had quite a good game when he played against us the Hawthorns this season. Yeah, so I went for him. I mean, interestingly, he never passes it sideways. It's always forwards or backwards. Um, so I think it would be quite quite a good player to have on the pitch if you want to be direct and move it from, from one box to the next pretty quickly. Um, and like I say, quite creative. So, yeah, so I went with Jack Rudoni. I have to say, if it wasn't for the Carlos Corbran factor, I one hundred percent would have would have gone for him as well. P. I think I think Rudoni is is definitely Huddersfield's best player without without a shadow of a doubt for me. Um, as I say, that that the Corbran factor has influenced me, and you'll see with a few of my picks that there's that there's influences in here with with, with uh, who are players that if it was purely based on who I think is is maybe the best player. I'm, I might not have I might not have picked that particular person, but there's 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 a few that have been influenced by a few factors. However, with the next one, Hull City, and I will be gobsmacked if we haven't picked the same player here because I think we are talking about one of, or I'm about to talk about one of, if not the best players in the championship, um, and I think probably probably as well one of the most skillful and frightening players in the championship probably on a par there or thereabouts with Grady Diangana and that's Jaden Philogene um and I mean I, I just think regardless of where he would fit into the Albion side I think you I, I had to pick him uh, this is there's, there's a few on here that I kind of wrote the name down before even thinking about how they would fit into the Albion side because sometimes the player is just so good that you can't you can't not look at them, but Philogene could again fit in anywhere across that front line. He'd give us another option, um, you know, which is which is massive for us because it's an area where we've struggled for for depth. We, we you know, we, uh, especially if we move Wallace into the into the central striker role, it just leaves us a little bit short with Swift out injured as well. And obviously, Sarmiento probably isn't going to be with us beyond the end of the season, and he's another one that. I just think he's gonna he's gonna fly up in value. I I I, I understand that um, that Aston Villa have got uh, have, have got some sort of buyback clause in in there um, where it's definitely a lot more than Hull have paid for him. But nonetheless, I think Villa have got an option to buy him back. I would not be shocked if that was if if that was. Um, initialized at some point in the in the future because i think he's just a 
quality, quality player. Look, his his numbers speak for himself. I mean, you've only got to look at you've only got to look at the, the, his last five games. He's uh, he scored or assisted in each of his last five matches. He's he's got six uh, goal contributions in in that time. He's in the 88th percentile for successful take ons. He, he he creates goals. He scores goals. But do you know what? Much like Grady as well. He works hard, he tracks back, and he, he wins an incredible amount of tackles. I, I look at Jaden Philogene, and I'm, I have to say I'm rather pleased he wasn't available when we played Hull because I think he's that good a player that the result could have possibly been markedly different if he had been available to play. And I just I just think he's one of those players that is too good to be in this division and... Uh, like Grady, I think he's quite similar to Grady in my mind. And my goodness me, Pete, can you imagine if we lined up with the both of them up against someone? I mean, imagine in in a in a really really crazy scenario, you you line up with Philogene on one side, Dean Garner on the other, and you put Sarmiento in the ten, and then you drop Swift into the eight, and try parking the bus against that. Yeah, I think most teams would uh, struggle coming up against all of them, and. Um, yeah, I think most teams would just say take the win and go home. <laughs> well, the defenders would at least. But yeah, I've gone, I've gone for Philogene as well. Um, yeah, I don't think there's too much you can add to it. He's just a brilliant player who's... Um, you'd be very surprised if he's playing in the championship for many more seasons. Um, yeah, excellent. Like you say, similar to similarities to Grady. Um, probably only differences. Grady gets shots off in better areas. He's not so... Grady scores a couple of tap-ins in, tap rather than um, a lot of filigine shots are a bit further out, um, but yeah, technically excellent, really good dribbler, really exciting player, and yeah, that was an easy choice, really. I mean, the the next few that we get into because uh, the way the alphabet works out, Pete, is um, we've it, we, we've actually got the top three um, uh, uh, alphabetically together. So Ipswich, Leeds, and Leicester, which I have to say has made life particularly difficult um with with those because there's a lot of players that you could pick from from them but i have to say out of those three the only one that i really umdenard for a real serious length of time was leeds which we'll come to in a moment but before then ipswich i think as soon as i started actually looking at the data this became a really easy choice for me and it's leaf davis uh, the left wing back I mean, first of all, I think he's so attacking. We talked about Ryan Manning as a possible target for Albion in in the summer, and he'd give us something that we haven't got. Obviously, we have got Phillips out there at the, at the moment, but you could always switch Phillips across the right-hand side. You could play Phillips in midfield. You could even play Phillips up top if you wanted to. He's so versatile, and also, you know that Matt Phillips's injury record goes against him, and that if you try and play Matt Phillips too much, you are going to probably injure him. So having somebody like Leif Davis would just be amazing. And as much as Connor Townsend in a flat four is fantastic, this gives you another opportunity when we go to uh, go to the five to play somebody somebody different. You could play him in midfield as well. And his numbers are just absolutely frightening. I think he's. I think I'm right in saying Pete's got the most assists in the entire division he's got seven assists in 15 games he's a left wing back he's not even he's not even a midfielder or a forward and he's got seven assists in 15 games it's absolutely staggering he's in the 99th percentile for shot creating action so he's basically the best in the division for that 
Um, and he's, uh, for, he's for a left wing back. He's in the 86th percentile for touches in the attacking penalty area. Okay. He's defending numbers on anything p- to particularly write at home about, but my goodness me, when you're that good going forward, who cares? And it's another one that we've both got the same. Um, yeah, I think similar to you in terms of reasoning. His creative numbers are really good, a really creative player. Um, and that shows in just the assists as well. And when you're playing like we have been with Matt Phillips, his actual defensive contribution doesn't matter too much. It's more about what he does going forward and helping us to go forward. So I think um, if we did have Davis, then he could quite easily slot into there and the defensive side of his game wouldn't matter too much. It's more about just kind of forming part of that about five and, and um, getting numbers back there in the right shape. Um, the reason you've got him is to go forward and create chances at the other end despite being a defender. So I think you could quite easily get him into the side and, and get the best out of him without worrying about his defensive contribution too much. I mean, Leeds next, Pete, and I have—I don't know about you, but I think this is... I think I'd probably say this is the one that I found the most difficult because there's a lot of players that I think are absolutely fantastic at Leeds United. And look, you know, don't want to upset Ipswich fans too much. Not that I imagine many of them will be listening to this podcast, if any at all. But I honestly do think over, over a whole season, I kind of back Leeds to chase Ipswich down because I just think they're that good. And look, I, I went through a ton of names, uh, Nonto, Somerville, Ampadu, I think is an absolutely fantastic player. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I like, um, I, I like Rutter as well, but in the end, I just, I just kept coming back and back to one name. And it's a guy that I had been really impressed with long before he went to that went to Leeds. It's a it's a guy that seems to always score against us when he plays against it when he played against us for Swansea, and it's Joel Perot. I also think the thing with Joel Perot is he's getting played at the at, at the moment as um, as a ten. And there's a lot of talk from the Leeds United fans that he's better as a nine and Farkas been asked why he's playing them that way around. And he said, because Rutter will press and Perot won't. So that's, and he wants his nine to press. So that's why he's playing them that way around. And he actually openly admits that, that, uh, that he actually thinks Perot could probably play the nine better in a way, but he's just not going to play it in the way that he wants him to. So what's interesting about Perot and Rutter is with both of them you get what you get two positions in one player they're both accomplished at being a 9 both accomplished at being a 10 um but i just think i i think perot is this unbelievable number 9 he's he's already got six goals in in 11 games for um for leeds he, he obviously was one of the top scorers in the in the division last season when he was when he was at swansea but he's also good on the ball he's a good passer so if players want to break from midfield and go past him into the box he's he's got the capability to to set them up and and you know i just think he i just think he's a really really good all-round player he would give you options to play multiple different positions if dk came came back and wanted to lead the line perot could absolutely play off him as well in in the 10 role but equally if you wanted to play someone like Major off him in the 10 perot could play the 9 brandon could play off him in a wide role and uh, uh, i just think the options with a striker like joel perot are, are endless um and I think he'd fit wonderfully into our side. But then again, to be honest, Pete, I don't think there's a team in the championship that he wouldn't fit wonderfully in. No, you're right about Leeds and 
Perer and the other players that you mentioned, it's quite difficult choosing one of them. Um, but I went with Rutter because I just think he's far too good to be playing in the championship. It might not be the perfect fit in terms of his profile and his style, um, but he's just that good that you make it work for him and you find a place for him and, and you play him because he scores goals and he creates goals. And as a striker, there's not too much more you can ask of them. He's got 0.84 expected goal contributions per 90, which is the highest in the league. He's probably not the best striker if you want to be really direct, but he drops drops deep and picks the ball up and then can take players on or he can play a forwards pass. So I think he'd probably be similar to what we see from Josh Madger when he's fit. But there's a reason that Rutter cost almost 30 million euros and has international appearances at every youth level for France. And added to that, he's only 21, so he's still got time to improve. Um, so I think if you had Rutter, then he wouldn't be playing in the championship for too long. He'd either be promoted or you'd sell him on for, for a fair amount of money. Yep, completely get that, Pete. I have to say, I I toyed quite a lot with the idea of Rutter, but I, I only went for Perot because I think he's possibly uh, possibly a better fit for us. But I completely accept that uh, that you're a hundred percent right. If you said to me which is the better player, who's got who's going to probably have the better career over a period of time, almost certainly Rutter. I mean, we said there that, uh, with Leeds that we ummed and ahed a lot about the players that we that we picked. Um, Pete, have we? Uh, uh, did we um and ah over uh, over Leicester, or did we just both go for Kin and Dewsbury Hall, who's probably the best player in the division? Yeah, I've also gone for him. Um, I think there's a couple of other options. I mean, they've got relegated from the Premier League, of course, they're going to have a good squad. But yeah, Dewsbury Hall's just yeah one of the best players in the league. Again, he's far too good to be playing in the Championship, and he'd make any side in the division a lot lot better. He's basically I've got his strengths as basically everything, and his weaknesses as none. So. <laughs> that's that that's quite good uh, you know similar similar to you pete i went on to fb ref to have a look at him and any if anybody who uses fb or anybody who has never been on fb ref um basically what the, what they do is they they give you a bunch of lines um which rate each of their each of their qualities and they put it in percentile so obviously the best you can possibly be is the ninth in the 99th percentile which means you're the best best one percent of something in the in the division now most and and they and they sort of like the better you are the line is green and uh, and the worse you are at something it kind it it goes it, it goes a sort of grayish red most players have like a couple of green lines and um and then um a few a few sort of bad areas and it's a bit of a mixed bag pete i went on kian and jisbury's hall he's in the 99th percentile for basically every attacking stat you want to you want to look at he's uh, he, he's in there for assists shot creating actions goals progressive carries and touches in the opposition penalty area the five goals, six assists. I mean, the guy's absolutely frightening. I mean, said a few times during this pod uh, about players, they just shouldn't be playing in this division. And it, I'm staggered nobody came and tried to take him off Leicester in the summer. Yeah, because it's not even as if he's recently broke in. I mean, in the Championship a couple of seasons ago, he was a really good player under Luton, um, on loan at Luton, I think it was. And then even in the Premier League, I think he had a decent season last season as far as he can for a relegated side. Um, yeah, and now he's just showing that ability again in the Championship, but even greater than when he was at Luton. And, well, again, he's still young. He's still going to develop further, and um, he's playing a really good side as well. So, yeah, I think it was almost impossible not to choose him, despite Leicester having plenty of good options. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home, especially with Albion's home record under Carlos Corbran. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Moving on and Middlesbrough next. And I think there's some Albion bias here from me. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to completely own that because I have picked a former Albion youth product in Morgan Rogers. 21 years old. Look, I, I do think he's a really good player. I thought when I thought when Middlesbrough played at the Hawthorns earlier in the season, I thought he was he he and Latilaf were probably their best players until um and, until Isaiah Jones came on a bit later in in the game. Um, I think he's 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 another very versatile player. He can play any position across that uh, across that front three. In and to be honest, he's even played a slightly deeper midfield role if needed to, because he does have defensive qualities and he has attacking qualities. And to be honest, Pete, I I, I was whilst I understand. No, I didn't really understand the reasons for leaving. I think it was a mistake by 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 Luke Downing to uh, to to let him go. To be honest, um, I, I understand that he he sold him to uh, so that he could afford Slavon Bilic's contract, and look, that's that uh, that that's great. But I feel like and uh, and uh, okay, his career hasn't quite kicked on largely because he's had a couple a couple of quite nasty injuries. But I really do think that Middlesbrough have got an absolute snip getting him in 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 the summer and. I think he's going to develop into a really, really good player. And I tell you what, if you gave me the opportunity to have him back at the Hawthorns and to carry on his development back in a West Bromwich Albion shirt, I'd absolutely snatch your hand off. He's not a player that I've chosen. I've gone with someone who, again, is pretty versatile. Um, a couple of seasons ago, he was playing as a, a wing-back for Middlesbrough and had a really good season, mostly in his attacking game, creating chances and, and scoring the occasional goal as well. And this season, I think he's playing a bit higher, more as a winger, and again, is creating chances, scored a couple of goals, and doing defensive work as well. And that's Isaiah Jones. Um, I think he's a really good talent. Like I say, versatile. I think he'd be perfect if for playing wing back or even as a winger if we played maybe a, a flat back four. Um, yeah, and I think he's just really good at both ends of the pitch. Um, the right age as well to come in and give competitions a furlong, but also take over from him as furlongs must be 28 29 now yes i think he's a really good player and and in a position that we're fairly limited in in terms of depth at the minute moving on to millwall and i have to say pete i i toyed with the idea of going with with a defensive player here from uh, for from millwall i haven't gone with many defensive players 
so far. There's a, there's a couple later on in 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 my list if I, if I'm honest. And and I and I do think that there was definitely an option with some of them, particularly uh, particularly the centre halves, um, that, that that they might represent good long term replacements for someone like Carl Bartley, who obviously can't go on forever. But in the end, again, it's one that I just kept coming back to and back to and back to, and it's Ian Fleming, who obviously played his better football last season and hasn't quite managed to recapture that this season. But I do th- still think he's a really really good player he's a versatile attacker he'd be he'd be a really good um option uh, to replace swift in in the 10 when he's when he's not available he does score goals granted some of them are from the penalty spot although apparently not at the hawthorns uh, which we which we're very grateful for but i i just think he's a really really talented player who and and it's not it's not a flash in the pan people might say well he's had a poor season or I wouldn't even go as far as say a poor season this season, but uh, what what we maybe would call Grady Dean Garner syndrome, where you have such an amazing season, one season that people always hold you to that standard, and to a certain degree, perhaps that's unreasonable to do so. And I think that's probably true of Fleming that he had such an unbelievable season last season that it's not too surprising that he's not hitting those heights. But that season last season wasn't a complete flash in the pan. His his numbers when he was playing in Holland were absolutely frightening. And to be honest, I'd, I'd love to see the Bermondsey Berg camp as a, as, as an option um, for, um, for, uh, for the, for the baggies make, make him perhaps the baggies Berg camp. Yeah, I agree with everything you said there. Um, but I didn't end up choosing him. I was actually one of the first players that I chose when making the list, um, which might seem a bit odd when you hear the name, but it's in a position that I think we need players in um, and that's in left centre back we've only got Eric Pieces and he has shown that he can be a little bit weak in some games he's been pretty solid on the whole but um, you know he's coming towards the end of his career as well so I think we need players there um, and this player can also play you know in a back four he can play central of it so he could potentially come in for Bartley as well um, and that's Murray Wallace who as well as being a really good defender um, really solid in his jaws in the air um, as you'd kind of expect with Millwall defenders. He's also really good with the ball at his feet. Um, he makes things happen happen with both passes and carries. Um, and I think he'd be a really good player to play in a back three alongside Bartley and Kipre. Um, it helps move the ball forward down the left. He's not particularly aggressive in his defending, but then again, Kipre is very aggressive, so it, it might work well, might um, complement each other well. Um, and also he's 31, so he's coming towards the end of his career. Got plenty of experience. Um, and if he could get a couple of years out of him, then um, it might tie in nicely for when Caleb Taylor's ready to come into the starting 11. Um, so I think on the whole, it'd just be, be a good player to have in, despite not being you know, much of a, a thrill. Well, moving on to Norwich City, Pete, and my next one, I, I have gone with a defender. <laughs> I've, I've booked the train trend a little bit, but unsurprisingly for for me, um, despite the fact that I've gone with a defender, it's not a defensive defender. Um, I've gone with a with, with a defender with real attacking prowess, and that's Jack Stacey. Um, now I think he's uh, he's put in the most crosses of any player in in the championship this season. Um, he's he's got good, uh, really really good carries. He's in the ninety seventh percentile for that. He's you know it, look he was a, such a dynamic fullback for 
for Luton. He then obviously went to Bournemouth. It didn't completely work out. He's now moved moved to moved to Norwich. And when you look at it from an Albion point of view, Darnell Furlong definitely has a lot of lot of qualities, a lot more qualities than people give him credit for. But probably one of those isn't dynamism up and down that right hand side and uh, and and bombing forward in a real wing back kind of a fashion. Pippa may be able to do that. We haven't really seen enough of him to 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 see yet. But what what we have seen from Jack Stacey is that he is a proven championship footballer. I I possibly I I, I quite possibly think there, there there may well be a bottom end Premier League one in there. Although let's let's be honest at um, uh, at twenty seven that time is running out on him a little bit to prove that. But nonetheless, I think there's a quality quality footballer there. And I, I just think he'd bring something, maybe not that different to to what to what Pippa brings, but um, and maybe I'm being a little bit harsh on Pippa because we've not seen that much of him. But I think I, I think Jack Stacey is probably just a little bit more seasoned um, than the, than Pippa, and uh, you know was uh, obviously um, had success in this in this division before, and uh, I think he could I think he could do really well for us to be honest, Pete, as a alternative to Furlong. I've gone for a a midfielder, um, an attacking attacking midfielder who scored five goals this season and and got four assists, and that's Gabriel Sara. His number of goals he's scored this season isn't a reason for going for him because um, he has quite heavily overperformed his expected goals. So he's, you know it's probably not going to um, score as many as he has going into the rest of the season. Um, but he's a really good passer. Um, Progressive, creative, accurate. You know, he can do anything with his passes. Um, and despite overperforming his expected goals, he's actually a goal threat in terms of central midfielders. Um, just maybe not as much as his current goal tally represents. Um, but he's fairly limited defensively, so I think he'd need to be played with a good defensive midfielder. But we've got Akai Okushlu, so I don't think that'd be too much of a problem for him fitting into the side. Well, moving on to Plymouth, Pete, and I think <laughs> I think I think we're in the um, in the right wing back portion of uh, of of the um, of of the pod from from my point of view because I'm just going to go with a guy that actually, to be honest, was uh, disappointed me a little bit when when Plymouth came to the came to the Hawthorns the other the other week. I I kind of expected him to be a, a really really big threat and to be honest he he just wasn't um we we kept him we kept him really quiet but nonetheless i saw enough of him last season to really like him i was a little bit surprised that uh, that norwich let him depart for plymouth over the over the course of the the summer he's 22 years old he's a he's a dynamic player but he's also a decent defender and it's it's not going to surprise anybody to know that the the person I'm talking about here is Barley Mumba who I just th- I just think is one of those really exciting talents in this in this division that as I say I, I think over over a long period of time I think I think ultimately Norwich are going to regret letting him go I really I really do believe that I find it a little bit odd that they let you know I picked Jack Stacey from Norwich a moment ago but I find it a little bit odd that they let Barley Mumba go, who is 22 years old and has really, for me, really similar qualities to Jack Stacey, to replace a young player like that with a 28, a 27-year-old. It just doesn't make a lot of sense for me. And, and, and if we're going on my last two picks, if you said to me which one would you rather have, 
all day long it would be it would be Barley Mumba. I think he's a really exciting player. I mean, you've got to play a certain way to suit him. You can't you can't play a flat back four and ask him to sit. He's just not that he's not that sort of that sort of player. But you give him freedom to roam up and down that right hand side, and he's an he's an absolute menace he he really is and he scored he scored one goal earlier in the season um i think it was against huddersfield where he just ran through their entire defense it was an incredible goal i, I really do think the ceiling is just so high for this uh, for this young lad and like i say i uh, pete I, I don't know about you but i think i think norwich um i i think they've dropped one there letting him go yeah i really like him um and he was kind of my backup for the Plymouth, if Lone players weren't allowed. Because um, my first choice was Finizaz. You know, I wish I didn't have to include a Villa player in here, but um, came through the Albion Academy, so he's really one of our players. Um, yeah, he's, he's he's one of our own, even if he's one of theirs, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. And I wish he was still with us, because he's a really good technical um, central midfielder. I um, thought it was really impressive when we played Plymouth. He seemed to be so press resistant and he could just turn his way out of any pressure or play his way out of it um so he seemed really useful in in kind of deeper areas in build up but then he's also really effective in the final third as well tops the charts for central midfielders in um mostly creative and attacking metrics um and has scored a couple of really good goals as well this season and last season so yeah he's one that I wish we we hadn't let go or had poached off us from villa and yeah, I'd be glad to have him back. As would I, and I, th- I think, I think when we look at what, what Luke Dowling did to the club over over a period of time, and and really dismantling that that, that ever so successful um, youth uh, youth coach group, um, which which saw a number of them move to Aston Villa, and therefore saw a number of players move move with them. You look at the players that we lost over that period of time. Obviously, Dowling took the decision to sell Morgan Rogers. I think we'll live to regret that, although injuries have curtailed his career a little bit and, and make that seem probably a slightly better decision than I think it probably will look in five years' time. But in terms of losing players like Tim Arogbenham and uh, Finizaz, I just think we're gonna, we're just going to regret these these losses so much and i think i think we'll probably we'll in a few years time we'll probably look at i'm probably i imagine some premier quite a few premier league clubs and we will we will see a decent sprinkling of the players that were at the club louis barry's another one who's who started the season really well granted down in league two but um playing i think he's playing for stockport at the top of the division there and like I, I just, I just wonder how many of these we could have kept had we, uh, had we kept the the youth staff. Because my guess, and it is only a guess, because you can't know these things for sure, is quite a few of them, to be honest. Moving on to Preston North End, uh, Pete, and it's it's not a massive surprise that I've gone with a defender um, because they're not a particularly good attacking side, in my opinion. I was 
deeply, deeply underwhelmed by them when when I when I when I went to Deepdale, and uh, I mean, granted, I wasn't much caring about how whelmed I was by uh, by Preston on that particular day because I was just thoroughly enjoying an away day where uh, where we romped to a four nil victory, and I know I, I know you were shacked up somewhere on what uh, attached to a stream watching watching that as well because we had a we had quite a lengthy WhatsApp exchange in, uh, as I was in the in the car trying to get away from uh, from Deepdale but um yeah I I I I've gone with Liam Lim, Li, let me try that again Liam Lindsay um because first of all I do think defense is the place to focus with um with Preston because that's their quality to be honest I think their success has come from being a being a really solid team but also I've picked Liam Lindsay because I see parallels with a certain West Bromwich Albion player um, and that's Carl Bartley, who can't go on forever. Um, obviously, his contract is up at the at the end of this season. I, as much as he's having a really really good season, I don't necessarily think it will be renewed because he's reportedly on quite a lot of money. So I think he would have to take a bit of a wage drop to to get another uh, to get um, a new contract at the club. And when I looked at Lindsay's data. I, I see him in the ninety 90th percentile for blocks, the ninety fifth percentile for clearances, and aerials one. I also see three goals, so he's uh, and and uh, and his data shows he's a real threat in the opposition box. Pete, he's for me, he is an old school type defender. He is a box defender like Kyle Bartley, and he's an offensive threat in the opposition box. And he's twenty eight years old. I just basically look at him and say. You're pretty much Carl Bartley, but a few years younger. Yeah, and I was really close on choosing him as well. Um, but I went with another another defender, one that when we played them this season had a bit of a, a shocker. I remember listening to Andy Johnson on commentary on the stream, um, basically laughing at. Are you are you going to pick the not so divine ponytail here, Pete? I think I am. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going for uh, Brad Potts, who, um, yeah. I think Andy Johnson enjoyed watching his performance when we played them. Um, apart from that performance, I think he's he's had a good season. Again, right back, right wing back, it's kind of a position that we've not got too much depth in. Obviously, we brought Pippa in, obviously only on loan though, and we've not seen much of him. Um, but I think Brad Potts is, you know, pretty solid defensively. He can go forward. He's he's not the best going forward, I don't think. I think most of his strengths come in his defending, but um, I think he'd also be, you know, he plays in a back five. I think he'd be comfortable playing as a wing back. Um, and I, yeah, I just think he'd be quite solid um, on the right side as well. Well, interestingly, I mean, a bit of a quirk. We spoke earlier about how alphabetically the um, the, the the top three are together alphabetically, Ipswich, Leeds, and Leicester. As it turns out, the the bottom three are together. Um, QPR, Rotherham, and Sheffield Wednesday in in the alphabetical list of the table. So we've got to talk about what at the moment is the three worst teams in the division. And I will absolutely openly say that at least one of these, if I had had the option, I would not have picked a player from because I honestly don't think that there is one worth picking. But it's not the next team. It's not QPR. Um, but only really because I'm uh, I'm going to allow myself an enormous, healthy dollop of Albion bias here, and I'm going to pick Sam Field, aren't I? Of course, of course, I'm going to pick Sam Field. Look, this is just 
this is heart heart ruling head. I'd just love to see Samfield back at the Albion developing as a player even further, you know, just, uh, and he loves the club and the fans would love him. Look, I, with, with a, with a lot, with a lot of these, I'm I'm going to give you an argument for how they'd fit into the Albion team. I'm going to give you um, an argument for the data behind them and why I think they'd just be, just be really, really good for us. I'm not with Sam. He's a good, defensive midfielder he absolutely is but is he better than okay Yukoslu no no he's not and would he play ahead of okay Yukoslu no he probably wouldn't is he better than Chalaba at some things yes at others definitely not in terms of in terms of going forward he's nowhere near the player that Chalaba is you know uh, Chalaba I mean you look at Chalaba's feet for the uh, for that um that second goal against QPR Samfield can't do that but do I care? <laughs> I just want to see Sam Field back at the Albion because because I just think it'd be it'd be an absolutely lovely, lovely thing for him, for the club, and for the fans. Simple as that. Yeah, and I can't really argue with that. Um, I think QPR was quite an easy one for me, actually, much easier than the other um, couple of teams at the bottom of the table. Um, and it's a player that I think is really talented. Not had the best season so far, but I'm not sure any QPR players really have. He's usually one of the best attacking midfielders in the division, and that's Elias Chair. I just think he's really good with the ball at his feet. Really clean passer, doesn't give the ball away much, but he moves into dangerous areas. I think last season he, he topped the league for expected threat. Um, and I just think he would suit a team that, that keeps possession a bit more than QPR have been doing this season. And as well as his passing, he's a really good ball carrier as well. Carries it over distance, as well as being able to dribble in tight spaces and yeah, like I say, just one of the most talented attacking midfielders in the league, I think. And if you put him into a better side, then I think he'd really flourish. Yeah, I can see the argument with Chair, and I think he's a player that I'd love sometimes, <laughs> and then other times you'd just be tearing your hair out over him because you just you'd just be like, why? Why can he not play like that every week? Why is he being completely anonymous today? Um, but I mean, he scored a brilliant goal the other week, and there's no doubting the guy's an absolutely quality player. I'm just, I'm just delighted he didn't manage to find that form when uh, when he came to the Hawthorns. So, um, and as long as he doesn't find it when we go to Loftus Road, I'll be, I'll be fine. I hope, I hope there's one, one or two of his nightmare days, which he does, he does have, he does have. Um, Rotherham next, and this, this was a bit of a tricky one, uh, Pete. This wasn't the club that I would absolutely categorically not take a player from if I, if, if, if the option was there, but because uh, uh, I've picked a player that I think is a really, really good player, but it's a player that we don't really need at this moment in time because it's a goalkeeper. However, we have got um, Griffiths going into the last year of uh, of his deal. And to be honest, he's not playing. Maybe we have to have to sell him in, in January to try and maximize his value whilst, uh, whilst we can, you know, we've, we, there's possibly some movement that may well have to happen for, for Josh Griffiths because at this moment in time, he's not going to get anywhere near the the starting eleven unless Alex Palmer gets injured because Palmer's playing so so well and you know he said a number of times in interviews Alex Palmer that you know I've waited my entire life to be Albion number one that's why I turned Luton down so I'm not giving it up and he doesn't look like he's going to give it up anytime anytime soon so it's possible that Griffiths might go which would mean we would need 
a, a decent number two goalkeeper, and I can't, I can't, I can't do any more David Buttons. I can't, I can't, I can't have any more awful, awful number twos. Give me a number two who is actually, you know, decent, like when we used to have like Boas Myhill and uh, the, uh I mean I'm going back some some years we had the you know Miller and Miller and Whitehead were all right as two goalkeepers and you know we we we've we've had some we we've had we've had some half decent uh, goalkeepers over the over the years we had um uh, Kusjak Kirkland and Holt all at the same time I I I believe at one point as well and I think Victor Johansson would be a really really decent understudy to Palmer if indeed he would choose to come and be the understudy but I do think he's a really really good goalkeeper he's stood out for me a couple of times when we've played Rotherham and he's made some really good saves we 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 really battled to break them down at the at the Hawthorns before in in the end really overcoming them quite easily last season and I thought he was the reason that they they, they kept the score down as much as they did I, I thought it could have been much much more than than it actually was um and he had a good game when we went to their place as well he's made the most saves in the division now obviously some of that is to do with Rotherham being absolutely blooming awful but also interestingly Pete his um his his distribution is 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 really quite decent as well he actually tops um uh, the the progressive pass distance um so he's he's created the most length in completed progressive passes which is you know fairly, fairly reasonably respectable as well so he can distribute a ball he can keep the ball out of the onion bag he's a decent goalkeeper we don't particularly need him that much but then there was nobody else i fancied at rotherham he's he's really he's the honestly looking through rotherham's team if ogbeni was still there snatch your hand off because I think he's a quality, quality player. And I think we're starting to see that with Luton in the Premier League. But now that he's gone, and I, could, I couldn't bring myself to pick Jordan Hugel, that was for sure. The, uh, I, I really looked through the Rotherham squad and thought, Johansson is the only uh, is the only one who I really think is at our level. Yeah, we'll just have to re-sign Jordan Hugel so that he can, he's got someone to play long to. Great idea. To great. As terrible <laughs> ideas go, Pete, that's a great one. <laughs> I've had to go with the same as you. Like I say, you can't really pick Jordan Hugel and there's nothing else that really stands out. Um, again, yeah, similar to you, Johansson had a couple of good games when they played the Albion um, and his his numbers are, are decent. Um, you know, he's slightly slightly ahead of his expected goals conceded, so he's making more saves than expected. And yeah, would I don't think we need a keeper because we've got Alex Palmer. Um, and obviously Griffiths on the bench as well, but it's again, it's more of a case if we have to get rid of someone, Griffiths has probably um, got a bit of value, and you know he's not developing on the bench, so it'd be as a yeah as a backup and maybe to fight for the starting position in goal. Um, but yeah, it was it was probably the most difficult one for me to choose. I think this was the most difficult one for me to choose. Fifteen minutes before we started, I didn't have a name written down for Sheffield Wednesday, Pete, because honestly, if I was given the option. I wouldn't take any of them. I think I looked through their squad and I thought, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to take Barry Bannon at his age. And I just, I just think they're awful. <laughs> I really do. I, I just looked at their squad and I thought that there's, there's just no, there's nothing, there's nothing in here that, that, it, that excites me. So I'll keep this short and sweet. I've, I've, Pick Bambo Diaby because I kind of think he's maybe the best of a bad bunch. He's 
he's a young centre centre half. He's 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 powerful in the air. He's only twenty five, so he's got he's got years in the tank. But yeah, I'll leave it there, Pete, because I I, I can't give you a viable uh, a viable argument for him because honestly, I wouldn't have picked anyone. I just I just don't think yeah. There's there's nothing that excites me in Sheffield Wednesday's squad at all. See, I I found someone who I thought. You wouldn't expect him to get many starts, but he might be a decent option off the bench to you know, mix things up a little bit and change the approach. And that's Michael Smith. He's a striker. He's six foot three, and he's probably one of the best strikers aerially in the division. So yeah, might make it a good option for a different approach if we need one. Um, I've got it's not to be confused with six foot six Matt Smith, who plays up front for Salford City, who's probably also one of the best strikers in the air in his division. And is reportedly the reason that we signed Brandon Thompson Sante. And there's a few um, Matt Smiths knocking around as well, isn't there? There's a, the, there's a variety of them and all. Yeah, but Michael Smith is, yeah, he, I mean he's coming towards the end of his career. I think he's 31, um, but he got six goal. No, he got ten goals and six assists in 36 90s in League One last season. So it's a it's a decent return um, in a strong side in that division. So maybe you'll look a little bit better in a stronger side in the championship rather than playing for Sheffield Wednesday, who I think are, yeah, will probably end up as one of the bottom three coming at the end of the season. Yeah, but other than his aerial ability, I don't think he'd offer too much. But then again, that might pair nicely with Jed Wallace's crossing ability. Well, that's kind of where I've gone with my next pick, Pete, because uh, if if you'd notice with the centre-forwards that, that, that I've generally picked here, there's been a bit of a trend. They've generally had... A bit of a, they've generally been physical type um, centre forwards. Not not so much Stansfield, but certainly um, certainly Ugbo um, and and Perot's got some physicality to him, even if he is only five eleven. And I definitely, the, my next pick falls into the category of physical type striker. And the interesting thing about this one was, I, w- I went through Southampton's squad, and look, I got a lot of respect for uh, for Armstrong. I do like him. And, and they've got they've got a number of good players. Truth be told, as we as we saw at the weekend, so I've got a, I've got a general lot of respect for for Southampton. But I, I kind of again, I had to look at this from an Albion point of view. What do we need? What do we want? And I thought Armstrong's not really the type of centre forward that we're that, that we're crying out for. I thought we without DK, we're crying out for that for that physical type of striker we could really do with that nasty uh, uh, type of striker that that one who really puts themselves about that if the ball drops in in the 6 yard box is just going to get it over the line by hook or by crook and that's why i went for che adams from from southampton and the interesting thing about him is genuinely i think if we had a few quid i think i think we'd have half a chance of getting him because he was supposed to be going to the premier league in the summer and then nobody seemed to nobody took him and he's barely getting a sniff under russell martin he's only played a total of 7.190s he's got three goals in that time which is not not a bad return and they're generally big goals late in games winning games he was certainly doing that early on in the season i've look He's the kind of player when he plays for the opposition, you're obviously going to dislike him because he's going to bash your centre halves around. But in terms of when I look at a player and I think, how would I feel if that player was in our shirt? I think he's exactly the sort of player that you'd enjoy because you know he'd give his all for the shirt. 
he's also for a powerful striker. He's not he's not that slow. He's not that immobile. He's he's got a bit about him, and he's also shown in the past that he's not incapable of making the step up to the Premier League, which is which is always an important thing when you're looking at looking at players. I just think he'd give us something different, Pete. I think he's uh, I think he is a physical type striker, but he's got he's got more to him than that, and. As you say about Jed Wallace's crosses coming in, I mean, uh, I think it'd be a dream for Jed to have Shea Adams to hit, and I think it would be a dream for Shea to have um, uh, have Jed whipping the ball in towards him. So that's who I've gone for from Southampton. I've gone for who might well be the best right back in the division, and it's probably one of the few right backs in the division that would be an upgrade on Furlong. I was going to say, so you've gone with Furlong. That's an interesting <laughs> one. <laughs> no, I've gone with uh, Kyle Walker-Peters. Who is, yeah, I mean, he, he was good in the Premier League. Um, he's got incredible technical ability, um, almost never gives the ball away. Really good at carrying the ball and um, creates a lot of chances in the final third. So, for that, I think he'd suit when we play as a back five. I think he'd get forward a lot. But he's so comfortable in possession that I think Corbin would just love to have him. And I think he'd play him either as a wing back or a fullback, just depending on what shape we went for. Um, yeah, and I just yeah, I think he's probably the best right back in the division. So difficult not to go for him. And I don't disagree with the fact that he's uh, he, he's the best right back in the division. And I have gone for some other other right backs in here, and I'm 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 about to go for another. I mean, we've we've already gone through Jack Stacey, Barley Mumba. Now, if you ask me, where do where do I rank the 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 next one uh, that I'm going to pick from Stoke in amongst those? I would say in the middle. I would say for me, Barley Mumba would probably be my first choice. Stacey, my third, and in the middle of those would be um, Keanu Hoover, which unfortunately um, is uh, is um, I, I can't remember whether he's whether he's on loan from Wolves or he's an ex Wolves player. But nonetheless, there is a Wolves connection there. I'm sorry to say, but look, I just think he's a good player, um, and he's um, he's a goal threat. Um, but he's he also can defend as well. He wins aerials. He he scores goals, and I I agree with, I agree with you, um, Pete. I don't think uh, that he I I I don't think for one second I can possibly suggest that he is the best um, defender in the in the division by any stretch of the uh, of the imagination because. I, I think that you you probably have picked the best right back in in the division, but um, unfortunately for me, would would I still take the Wolves loney, twenty one years old, you know Dutch international through all the all the youth levels now in his second loan at, at Stoke and looks at looks a decent player. Yeah, I I think I probably wouldn't, and I think as well, I think again. When when I when I picked a few of these, I, I'm because I, I look at I look at some of our transfer history over the past few years, and I think we've bought too old at times. We've bought players that aren't going to appreciate in value, and and it and I think one of the things that Albion have probably made a mistake of a lot over the years is they haven't sold players when they're at the peak of their value. They they, they end up getting rid of players when they're dropping in value. I, I I think that was possibly one of the mistakes that, that Jeremy Peace made was probably hung on to some players for a little bit too long till the, the, the point where they ended up deteriorating. We basically ended up letting them go on a, go on a free. And I think it's a mistake we have to learn from. And I think, I think if we can start buying young talented players at 
21, 22, 23, and have, getting maybe a couple of years out of them or maybe getting a full contract and then giving them another contract and selling them after four years at the club for a serious markup on what we paid for them, then I think we'll be, we will be a much, much better club for it. I, I, I know people never like to see their top players sold, but I do think that when you're a club of our size, you look at, you look at what Brentford did. They, they, they had Neil Morpé and they sold him and they brought in Ben Rama and they switched Watkins into the center forward role. And then they sell um, Watkins and Ben Rama and they bring in Umbuemo and Tony. And, yeah, you're losing your best player every time, but as long as your scouting's good enough, you're bringing you're bringing fresh ones in. So that's why I've picked some like young players like your Barley Mumbers and your Kiana Hoovers and people like that because I honestly think they would appreciate in value, and we'd probably end up um, end up uh, selling them for a lot more. And when we uh, and when we get to Swansea in a in a, in a in a in a little while, I've picked another one that I think is going to rocket in value over the next few years. Yeah, and I wouldn't really disagree with that. I've gone for another left-sided centre-back in Ben Wilmot. I think he's Brandon's the age mate. is quite good. Yeah, you could say that. Um, <laughs> didn't really come into my mind when I was picking it, but yeah, I've uh, just been doing the research and he says he's got no problems with him because he apologised after his uh, little tug led to Wilmot fracturing his back. Yeah, I mean, uh, by the way, I, I I sort of I jest there, but but like, look, it was a horrible freak injury, and and I feel so. The reason I jest about it is is because um, because Bel- Ben Wilmot, as you say, Pete, holds no residual grudge, and yet the Stoke fans made such a thing about it. Like Brandon did something horrendous. It was just the the minorest tug that you see on a football pitch all the time. There was no malice, no intention. It wasn't like. It it wasn't like, for example, um, Christian Romero's challenge the other day in the in the Chelsea game, which genuinely could break somebody's ankle, and that he has clearly clearly gone to do the lad. Brandon's just tugged his shirt, and that's why I made a bit of a joke about it because uh, be, be, because the, there was nothing funny about the injury that happened. But I thought I, I thought that the reaction and the vilification of Brandon from the Stoke fans was ludicrous and over the top. Yeah, exactly. Um, but as a defender, I think he's is a nice age to fit into the back line because it's they're all kind of obviously getting old together, but they're all kind of a similar age at the minute. So I think you need a couple of younger defenders in to to kind of mix up that age range. But also, he's got a fair bit of experience already. He's really strong in his duels, both on the ground and on the uh, on the ground and in the air, and is one of the best in the championship for that. So in that respect, it would be an upgrade on Peters, and he's good with the ball at his feet as well, regularly plays progressive passes um, and with good accuracy um, and it's got a nice passing range. The only issue with his passing is just the, the actual accuracy is quite low um, despite the progressive pass accuracy being high. So that might be a slight issue for just keeping possession if he's under pressure or something, which obviously is uh, Corbran likes to have his centre-backs comfortable on the ball and able to keep the ball. And then the other issue is that it might block the pathway for Caleb Taylor a bit. Um, but I think right the second it would probably improve the start 11. So is maybe something that you have to you just take that now because it's going to improve you now rather than worrying about Caleb Taylor's pathway in the future where you can always send him out on loan. And right now we need we need promotion or a takeover more than anything. So if he can help us move up the table, then I don't think you would argue with it. We can largely rinse and repeat what you've just said there for for my next choice as we get to as we get to Sunderland, Pete, because 
I agree with I agree with everything you've just said. Our defense is getting older together. That we, you know, it is probably an area where we could we could do with another player. Even though you've got a very young and talented Caleb Taylor there, and and equally, this player could potentially block a pathway for Caleb Taylor. Not least because, you know, I really when I was looking at centre halves, it was annoying because because I've kind of got this. This little sort of gnat almost in my in in my mind going, if they're not left footed, Corbram won't play them on the left hand side. And every time when I when I found a because unsurprisingly I don't know what foot every centre half in the division is. So every time I picked a centre half that I liked, I went on to have a look and shock horror, they're all right footed. So I kind of pick this player knowing that Corbran would almost certainly only play him in the central centre-half or the right-sided centre-half position because he just doesn't like to play a right-footer on uh, on on the left, even though this player has played there for Sunderland. Um, and I think he's perfectly capable of doing so. But as you say, Pete, they are getting older together. Carl Bartley in particular is only going to go on for, for so long. You've also got to take into account that if we were nabbing this player now it would be a huge advantage because Shemi Ajayi is going to go off to the African nations and it's Dan Ballard um he's a center half that I I just really 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 rate he had a he had a really really good season last season before before his season was um curtailed a little bit as as most Sunderland uh defenders seasons were curtailed towards the end of the uh, end of the season by some level of uh, of injury um and I just think he's a really quality player he's look he's he's only 24 he's got he's got years on on his side he obviously came through the Arsenal youth system so he's got a bit of class and a bit of quality about him but then he he also went and excelled in a loan at Millwall in fact I think I might be right in saying he he may have scored at the Hawthorns while, while on loan at Millwall I, you know, I can be corrected if I'm wrong on on uh, on that one but you know so he can mix it as well and I just think I just think Sunderland have kind of ended up getting the best of both worlds out of him really where he's you know he's come through at Arsenal he's obviously been taught to play the game a certain way and to be able to handle the ball at his feet and get out from the back but then you know he's had that part of his education where he's gone to Millwall for a season and he's had to learn to absolutely mix it and do all the things that are non-negotiable when you're when you're a Millwall player but also a Millwall centre-half and I think at the end of it, he's, you know, at this point in time, at 24 years old, what we've got is a player who, for me, is probably one of the best centre halves in the in the in the division. I think he's one of the most rounded centre halves in the, in the division. He, not only is he a good defender of his own box, but he is also a goal threat in the opposition box. And I, I said for Preston, I would take Liam Lindsay. This is one of those. This is a bit like what I was saying before when when we spoke about um, Jack Stacey and Barley Mumba. That Dan Ballard for me is a better, younger version of Liam Lindsay. So yes, Liam Lindsay's the player I'd take from from Preston. But if you said to me Lindsay or Ballard, not even a choice, Pete. Ballard all day because, as I say, I really, I I, I think I think there's at most probably three, two, three, four centre-halves who are better than Ballard in this division he's 
he's in the he, he's he, he's in the top sort of like he's 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 in the ninetieth uh, percentile for centre halves in this division for me. And I've gone for someone who's probably just one of the best players in in the division. It felt like one that almost picked itself for me, despite there being some really good players in the Sunderland squad. Um, and that's Jack Clark. Feels like he's finally found his feet. But Sunderland is starting to reach the potential that he showed when he first broke through at Leeds. Um, his goal scoring this season has been slightly inflated because he's got four penalties. But even without those four penalties, he's still got five goals and, and two assists, um, which is pretty good going at this stage of the season. You know, he's a winger that creates a lot of chances, but quite importantly, he passes the ball into the penalty area a lot more than he crosses it, um, which I think would kind of suit Albion right now with the players that would go out injured and, and branded up front. I think somebody that can slide balls into the area would probably be quite useful creating chances that, that we're not doing too much of at the minute. Obviously, we've got Jed Wallace, Jed Wallace if we want to just whip balls into the box, but having a winger that's maybe a little bit more um, intricate and can find those tight gaps would be really useful, I think. Along with all of that, he's only 23, so he's still got time to develop further. And I think he's another that's probably not going to be playing in the Championship for too much longer. Well, I mean, if the rumours were to be, be be believed over the summer that um, there was, he came very close to not playing in the championship this season because there was the, there seemed to be some Premier League interest swirling around him. It's just nobody could seem to get get the deal done, and it's amazing, Pete, when you, when you say Jack Clark's only only twenty three because it does it feels like he's been around forever. He obviously burst onto the scene to use a Micka Richards phrase um, at, at Leeds United. Then he got his big move. It didn't quite work. He went to QPR. It didn't quite work there, and and he's found a home at Sunderland. But it's it seems like it seems like forever since he burst onto the onto the scene at Leeds. But then he he was seventeen years old, so I suppose it it is a fair while. But I think in in your head, it's very easy to believe that Jack Clark is. In he, well into his mid twenties at this point, and maybe sort of like you know, almost over the hump of his career, and uh, and uh, you know, as a as a wide attacking player, but none of it. No, I mean, I have to say he was one that I, I almost felt criminal not picking him, but I but I I kind of uh, trusted you to do that duty for me, and uh, I I kind of wanted to throw some defenders and centre halves into the mix, and uh, as I say, Dan Ballard is one that I really like, so I wanted to talk about him. Swansea, anybody who listened to the uh, the preseason preview show and the uh, and the transfers show when Pete and I ran through who we thought Albion should sign this summer will absolutely not be shocked at the next name that I'm going to come out with because it's one that really impressed me when he was on loan at Blackpool from Arsenal last season and he's one that's impressed me since he went to Swansea I thought he changed the game at the Hawthorns he was a big part of the reason that Swansea came back into that game and nearly grabbed something from it his delivery from set pieces was just absolutely unbelievable and he's a player that is just going to get better and better and better you know he's he's a young player and it's Charlie Patino who I'm just a huge, huge fan of, um, and I, I just I, I, what part of the reason that I'm such a huge fan of Charlie Patino is that every time I think I've pigeonholed what he is as a player, he shows me something else, and it, it's just led me to believe that at 20 years old, what Charlie Patino is is just such an unbelievably rounded player i think he you know he can play he can play as a six an eight or a ten for me 
and he can do it all. He really can. Any Anything from that central uh, midfield area, I think to be a to be able to dictate a game as much as he can at the age that he can do it i i just find unbelievable it it's you know look it, it's it's a little bit silly almost i mean not that not that any of these are necessarily particularly realistic um that we could get them but genuinely with charlie patino not only could we not get him but i honestly wouldn't be that surprised if he if he ended up playing some sort of a part for Arsenal somewhere down uh, down the line. So he's only on loan at, at Swansea. You know, you see Hannibal going back to Manchester United and and getting uh, and getting on the bench. Uh, who do who do I think's got the higher ceiling? Hannibal or Patino? Patino all day long. So if Hannibal's getting in the Manchester United side, you know, do I see Charlie Patino going you know being beyond that level in a year or two's time? Yeah, hundred percent I do. I just think the sky's the limit for this uh, for this kid, and if we had him, Pete, I'd, I'd just be so so delighted. And I, I understand we had other priorities in the summer. I really, I, I really, really do. And uh, you know, um, and maybe if if um, if Chalibur had gone, uh, and and look, let's be fair. After everything that's happened, I'm sure he's pretty pleased he didn't go to his rail. And 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 to be honest, I'm quite pleased for him because it's not a safe place to for for him to have uh, for him to have gone. But you know, I think if Chalaba had left the club when there was a possibility of him doing it, would we have looked at somebody like Charlie Patino? I don't know, but I really hope so. And uh, and I I, uh, I do wonder, Pete, when 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 he gets beyond this loan, whether he is going to be far too good for Championship clubs to be looking at him. He might do another loan after this one. But I can't, for the life of me, think it'll be the championships. Which, which means, unless unless we get promoted, I think the ship has probably sailed for quite some time on us being able to uh, sign Charlie Patino, which I do think is a shame because I really, really rate him. Yeah, and I mean, he's probably one that I would have gone for, but I was trying to avoid loans as much as I could, so I went with Ben Cabango just as a really solid defender, um, both on the ground and in the air, as well as being quite well rounded and comfortable with the ball at his feet um, so he can move it forward and as well as doing his defensive work and he's used to playing in a team that likes to play out from the back and get the centre-backs involved in possession so I think he'd probably fit in quite comfortably um, so yeah I went with Ben Cabango we're finally coming towards the end, Pete. It's been a bit, been a bit of a bit of a marathon uh, run of it, but uh, we are we we we're very much coming towards the end now, and we've got one club left to, left to go through, and it's it it was a little bit of a tricky one for me, if if I'm if I'm honest, because I I I did look at I looked at I looked at this one, and I thought, who do I take from Watford? Um, because it's so difficult because they turn their squad over so much that i you know it's just it, it's just absolutely crazy um and i don't necessarily know a great deal of, uh, of about their players so i ended up um i ended up kind of going for somebody purely on the data and um he, he's he's an in, he's an interesting one because he's um He's he's not a player that I necessarily know much about. I'm purely taking him on on his goals record. By the way, I was half tempted to take Tom Ince just because if I take Tom Ince and he plays for West Brom, that means he can't score against us, and we seem to be the only club that he that he seems to have a really really good record against. Uh, but 
I'm uh, I've gone uh, I've gone for um uh, Mileta Rajevic who is a uh, a Danish center forward at, at Watford and his goals to minutes record is absolutely terrifying Pete he's got six goals from 7.590s so he's nearly he's nearly scoring a goal every 90 minutes he's on he's on the pitch which is which is absolutely incredible, and I just went and had a look a little bit, little bit deeper um, at, at, at what he's done in in the past. And I mean, okay, these are these are not the these are not the greatest clubs in in the history of the of the the, the world. But when he was at um, when he was at Nastved, because um, he's only twenty four, he's been, he's he's not been not been around. Um, uh, too long, but yeah, when he was at, when he was at Nastved, his uh, his first club, he scored thirty goals in fifty eight games, which is which is pretty blooming impressive, to be fair. Um, not so many at, at at his next club, but then the club before he joined uh, Watford, and obviously the form that um, uh, that convinced Watford to take a little bit of a little bit of a punt on him um was uh, he was at a club called um uh, Kalmar who were in the who were in the Swedish league the Swedish top division and he scored 13 goals in 26 games which is he just seems to score a, a really really impressive rate when uh, when when I when I look at um when I look at his uh, look at his numbers Pete as I say not a player I know uh, know a great deal about but when you look at his numbers, he he seems to be able to score at almost a a one in two rate, which you know is not to be sniffed at particularly. Yeah, it sounds good to me. Um, I also didn't know too much about the squad, but I had a look and ended up going with um, Yasser Spreer, who's a young and exciting winger, very threatening, creates chances, scores goals. He's got four goal contributions in eight point seven nineties this season. Um, and he's another winger that likes to create through passes rather than crosses, which, you know, in a possession-based side, it's probably a little bit more controlled, and I think that's suit Albion right now. And the chances he gets from good uh, from good areas rather than just shooting from range, which a lot of wingers like to do. So he'll score a few tap-ins, which, you know, much easier to convert, much much better chances. And because of that and the, his dribbling ability, um, I think similarities to Dan Garner in him. Um, and I just think he'd be a really exciting talent to have. Um, and of course, as you'd expect, playing under Ishmael, he does a large volume of defensive work as well. So I think all in all, he'd, he'd fit into the side nicely. And as well, the fact that he's 19, having these young talents in the squad, are, you know, it's always better than having players who are, you know, coming towards the end of their career. And probably only a matter of time before he falls out with Val as well, Pete. So there's, uh, there's, there's always that that promises that, that we might be able to get him. But uh, well, that's the entire championship. That's our, our twenty-three, our twenty-three players from twenty-three clubs that we would like to take, or well, uh, forty-six players. Although uh, across the two of us, although obviously some duplicates in there, but. Look, that's just our opinion. It's a, it's it's our take. Obviously, um, we don't wield the kind of purse that would allow us to make these things happen. So it's all just a bit of fun. But if you want to get involved, if you want if you want to agree or disagree, or want to tell us your own selections, then feel free or tell us wh- whether you agreed more with me or Pete. Um, then 
feel free to tweet us at Albion Analysis or X us as as I suppose it is now. Thank you very much, Mr. Musk. And yeah, we would love to hear what you think, whether you agree or disagree. Do you think those players would fit into the into the Albion side? Would you be excited by them? What do you reckon to those uh, the, the, those not prospective signings, but uh, the the players that we have picked if we were given carte blanche to go and take one from each championship club. We'll leave it there for for today. We will, of course, be back after the football returns and Albion face up to Ipswich Town. Another tricky game on Albion's really tough run of uh, of fixtures. But until then, thanks for listening and up the baggies. Albion have certainly been sharing the goals around this season. They're well into double figures now for different championship goal scorers. So why not take a leaf out of their book and do some sharing of your own with the McNugget share box? Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.